Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Good morning, Diarrhea! It's time to wake up. <laughs> it's five, and we're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show, your early morning shot of sports on 95.7 The Game. Come on! Yes, sir. Good morning, family. Stephen Langford in with you. Hope you are having a terrific Tuesday morning. We are starting a little late today. No need to explain why. Let's just get right into it because the Giants last night, it looked like they were coming back. There was a buzz happening late in the game, but they didn't manage to pull this thing out. Four to three. They've lost five straight at Oracle Park. They couldn't beat the Arizona Diamondbacks. They're currently one and three against them so far this season, if I'm not mistaken. Just an overall bad showing for the Giants. I don't even care what happened during the game. Because that game lasted forever. I don't know if anybody caught the 8th inning. I mean, it was only 3 hours and 46 minutes. So, you know, maybe it's not as long as, you know, uh, you know the 4.5 the, the hour games that you sit down and watch on a weekend. But regardless of what even went on, and we could go on about the lineup and just the lack of their late game heroics. You know, when pitch hitters are made and substitutions are made, normally they work out for the better. But uh, this year, they just aren't the same as they were in 2021. We could talk about all of that, whether, you know... Austin Slater should have even pinch hit for Brandon Belt. Was Brandon Belt the guy that you really wanted to pinch hit for? I know that it was fine. Austin Slater ended up getting the RBI when he came in for Brandon Belt. But still, those platooning numbers, I just don't understand it. Darren Ruff came in for Jock Peterson earlier on in the game. Jock Peterson, by the way, just on a total cold streak. But regardless of anything that's happening with the team in that game... You can't go out to the Diamondbacks like that. Not at home. Not when you're going up to the trade deadline. You can't have these two guys in Alex Wood and Carlos Rodon call out your team 
and then including Logan Webb, go out over the weekend against San Diego, pitch absolute gems, give you every chance to stay within the ball game. And they did just that. At least Rodon and uh, Cobb did. Fortunately, they couldn't score any runs for Logan Webb on that night. But that game was very frustrating. And if you wanted any indication that it isn't 2021, well, look no further than that eighth inning, because that eighth inning was unbelievably long, because the top of the eighth started out with a combined 18 pitches when Jovero was out there. I mean, he closed out the seven with a, seventh with a slider that was just, I couldn't believe it, the way that it dropped off the table. Was that a slider? I think it was a slider, because it certainly wasn't a curveball. That thing was moving way too quick, so Jovera closes things out. And then in the top of the eighth, takes 18 pitches in order to get through the first two batters. That top of the eighth took like a half hour. And then you get to the bottom of the eighth, and it didn't take that short, that much shorter of a time, because... The Giants started to rally. Now, if you want to weigh in at the Comcast Business Text Line, 888-957-9570. That's the Comcast Business Text Line and the phone number, of course. Now, we are going to get into some 49ers later in the show, believe me, because we had an update, the latest, from Jeremy Fowler of ESPN, who's been doing a lot of reporting on Jimmy Garoppolo and where he's going to go this season. And there is a team who is a trade piece for Jimmy Garoppolo that not many are paying attention to. So we will get to that with the 49ers. But in the eighth inning, you get to the bottom of the eighth. Lamont Wade kicks things off with a walk. Darren Ruff ends up getting on base with a single. So you got two on there in the eighth. Then Wilmore Flores does this. On the ground, it's out, it's to Bay! Here comes Wade, he's going to score. Ruff to third, Flores with a double. So he comes in, makes the game 4-2, Then the game gets to 4-3 after Austin Slater hits into a forced ground out. So it's a 4-3 game. Darren Ruff scores. Then Luis Gonzalez and David Villar both both work the count, manage to draw walks, even with just one out. So one out with the bases loaded. Brandon Crawford comes up. And then Brandon Crawford hits into a double play. And as you know, the double play got challenged, reviewed, and the call was confirmed. Actually, both calls were confirmed. So they called the they confirmed the call at second, which wasn't out, and then they uh, called Brandon Crawford. They they said the call remained standing at first, and that he was called out. So double play ends the game, or at least ends the eighth inning. So it's a four three game, and then you get to the ninth. And the late night Lamont train, I think, is officially over because there is it's officially off the track. Like that was where we wanted Lamont Wade last year in any game. We wanted him in the ninth inning when you seem to have the momentum. You got Mark Melanson who's on the mound. A perfect revenge game for the Giants, even though it's a couple of years removed. And, I mean, Mark Melanson could probably look at it thinking, this is a revenge game for me, Mark Melanson. 
You guys traded me away to the uh, to the Braves, even though you're paying me all this money. Maybe this is a revenge game for me. But Mark Melanson comes in and sets these guys down. Lamont Wade does work the count to a 2-2. He was constantly fouling pitches off, uh, but only pops it out. And then Darren Ruff ends up striking out to end the game. There's really not a lot to look to in this one. Of course, there was the error that was made earlier on in the game. But there's not a lot to look to prior to the seventh inning as far as hits go. The Giants just couldn't rack up any hits. And whenever Alex Cobb comes in, it feels like there's always that one big inning. And maybe that's just me being a prisoner of the moment, and it's, that's how it's been in the last two starts. But there's always been that one big inning for the opposing team whenever Alex Cobb is up. And you are playing with your backs against the wall. You are trying to climb an uphill battle and you're facing the Arizona Diamondbacks this time. I was going to come in here and commend the Giants on the way that they hit against Joe Mansupply, who's the Diamondbacks All-Star, who had a sub-2 ERA prior to last night's game, and the dude had only given up like four runs prior to his first meeting with the Giants. And his first meeting was on July 6th. That was the last series that they faced the Diamondbacks. And actually, it was the same starting pitcher, too. That was when Merrill Kelly was going out there, and the Giants ended up winning 7-5. to So it was essentially the same rotation, except uh, they did have a different reliever out there prior to Joe Mantiply. Um, or, excuse me, that was in the previous matchup. On July 6th, they had another reliever prior to Joe Mantiply. Mantiply came straight in for Merrill Kelly. Merrill Kelly was absolutely dealing. And I'm not going to lie to you, when I looked at, uh, so I was going to come in here praising the Giants for how they've hit against, you know, the Diamondbacks All-Star and that nobody else was going to get to them, get to him. But in the end, Lincoln Park, does it really matter? No, because the Giants ended up losing. But I will say this, the one, <laughs> the one thing I did do during the Giants game was I googled Merrill Kelly and Austin Slater. Or at least I looked on Twitter. I went in the search bar on Twitter. Because I see Merrill Kelly pitch, and every time I see that dude pitch for the Diamondbacks, I think it's Austin Slater. It looks like the pitcher version of Austin Slater. The, t- the Austin Slater who doesn't steal bases. The Austin Slater who doesn't have range in the outfield. Like, that's what Merrill Kelly looked like to me. So I went in the Twitter search bar... And I searched up Merrill Kelly and Austin Slater to see if anyone was making the connection. And turns out that he looks like Chris Elliott, the actor from Groundhog Day, the actor from There's Something About Mary, the actor from, I'm too nervous to say the word, but the very, very popular TV show, Bleeps Creek. You know what show I'm talking about. Yeah, the one that ends in Creek. I'm not going to say that one on the air. It's safe to do it. But I'm not going to be the one to do it. I'm not going to be the one to do it. Because that's where the Giants are right now. They are up Bleeps Creek. Because we're getting the text here for the 415. So are the Giants buying or selling with the deadline approaching? I think buying is just completely off the table. I think the more appropriate question is, so are the Giants selling or standing pat with the deadline approaching? I think that's the more apt question here. For the Giants this season, I think I think Giants being buyers is just out the window. Because what are you buying for? 
You know, as of right now, you know, we're begging Carlos Rodon to, you know, get on the all-star team. And, you know, the fact that he was an all-star snub, according to Giants fans, well, that's one guy that is going to possibly be sold at the deadline. Because how much longer is that dude, a guy who can pitch of that caliber, how much longer is that dude going to want to play on this team? And that's number one. But number two is... He's got a player option in his contract, so you run the risk with Rodon of possibly just standing by with him, letting him go to the end of the season, and then he doesn't pick up that player option. I just think they're going to just chill at the deadline. I don't think they're going to do anything. Possibly being sellers with Rodon if they could find a suitor. Jock Peterson, I don't know how much value Jock Peterson really holds because right now he's just... Another home run hitter. You know, he's just another, just to use last night's game as as an example with your opponent, the Diamondbacks, he's just another Christian Walker. You know, a guy who's not going to give you much more than 200 to 250, but he'll give you a lot of home runs, though. Those guys can be found. Maybe Jock can be sold at the deadline, and we've seen him be sold at the deadline and go on to win the World Series with the Braves. Because of what happened with the Cubs last season. He was on with the Cubs prior to the deadline, and then he got traded to the Braves. So maybe that could happen, but I don't really know how much value you're getting for those guys. I mean, think about it. Chris Bryant last year was traded for a couple of prospects for the Giants that no one's really heard from since. <laughs> so, so you know, I, I just think that's where they're at right now. But Merrill Kelly, Chris Elliott, same guy. I'm telling you. All right. On the other side, speaking of the All-Star game, Major League Baseball is shaking things up a little bit, and they are putting a couple of legends on each roster. And I'll explain what that means next, but not only is one of those legends participating in the All-Star game, he's participating in the Home Run Derby. I want to get to that, and then, of course, we'll get to the Jimmy Garoppolo news on the other side. It's Stephen Lankford on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Me. I'm out for president's to represent me. Yeah. I'm out for president's to represent me. Yeah. I'm out for 
Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Just got to let this one ride. I'm on a Tuesday morning. And it's a good morning. Good morning to everybody listening to the show today. But man, that Giants loss was brutal last night. Four to three. Oh. Gosh, I'm so exhausted today. Like, the Giants took like an hour to get through the eighth inning. Took forever. (laughs) It's like you get a late night sleep and it's just like, man. I blame the Giants for that one. I blame the Giants for that one. And you know what? They've got seven straight games at home. They need to pick things up and bounce back because losing to Arizona in any fashion, I don't care if you're coming back in the eighth inning and you make the game interesting. Like, you need to have that lead going all the way into the eighth inning. It needs to be a typical Alex Cobb goes six innings, then you bring in a reliever, then you bring in the setup man, and then you bring in the closer and Camilo Doval. But none of that opportunity was had as the Giants lineup could not put runs on the board early. Now, in the final 20 minutes of the show, I do want to focus on... Jimmy Garoppolo, because we've still got plenty of time until he actually, they need to make a decision, excuse me, on whether Garoppolo needs to stay on the team or not, whether they're going to release him, whether they're going to trade him. So we're going to run with any report that comes out, anything that surfaces, and Jeremy Fowler of ESPN had an interesting one on Garoppolo, and that will lead me to a question to ask you. But before we get to that, I just got to say here, there was an announcement that came down in the baseball world yesterday. Now, as we know, the all-star rosters with the American League in the National League, they are featuring one legend, and the Tigers representative is going to be Miguel Cabrera for the American League, and the National League representative for the Legends is going to be Albert Pujols. Now, that's fine. Like, you know, bringing those guys onto the team, I think Miguel Cabrera wants to play two more seasons or or one more season after this one, and then he's going to call it quits. Albert Pujols, as we know, has signed that one-year deal with the Cardinals, is going to retire with his former team. So I think that's pretty cool. If you're into the nostalgia of the game and, you know, Albert Pujols and Miguel Cabrera are some of the most dynamic hitters that we've ever seen. Cabrera just has like the most effortless swing ever. And Pujols just has that raw power. Pujols was intimidating. Pujols, you can make a case that the last great power hitter stance was from Albert Pujols. Like, it was a terrifying batting stance when he's up there at the plate. It looks a little odd, but when he's up there, I mean, you know, granted, to be honest, I think one that's kind of terrifying, too, is Matt Olson. <laughs> Matt Olson doesn't do much in his batting stance, but, man, when he has that when he has that bat corked back like that, it's just, you don't know what to expect. But with Albert Pujols, he's been one of the most terrifying hitters of all time. And he's got 684 career home runs, a career OPS of 916. Those are numbers 
that can only be dreamt of getting. You have to have a long, prolific career in order to have those numbers, even if that career may take one of the worst contracts that we have ever seen in baseball history and what the Angels gave him. But we don't need to talk about that right now. He currently has five home runs in his 152 plate appearances over 48 games this season. So five home runs isn't necessarily how you get into the the home run derby. It's not a fast track there. But Albert Pujols has been listed as a participant for the home run derby. He's joining Pete Alonso. Yesterday, Ronald Acuna from the Braves announced via his Instagram that he's going to be participating in the home run derby. Now, I am all for I am all for Albert Pujols doing this, though I don't think much is expected of him. I think it's really cool. You bring him in at 42 years old. I don't know, they're probably going to have him compete against Acuna. I don't even remember what the home run derby format is anymore. It feels like they've changed it so much. I know it's timed, and I do enjoy the timed aspect of it. And I know they have these guys competing in the first round. They're going head-to-head. That'd be really cool to see Ronald Acuna, who's 24 years old, going up against a 42-year-old Albert Pujols. But with those three listed on there, you know what I say? Bring back any of the legends that could still hit home runs. Baseball needs like a legends home run derby. Bring in guys like Albert Pujols. Bring in, you know, Barry Bonds. Bring in Ken Griffey. You know, bring in Jonas Cespedes. Jonas Cespedes was one of the craziest home run derby hitters that I've ever seen. That dude just had a swing that was built for that. Batting practice, I mean, if if anyone watched batting practice with the A's with Jonas Cespedes, it was no surprise that he was able to do that in the home run derby when he did, because that was crazy. He was just hitting them nonstop. But they needed a whole Legends home run derby if they're going to do it. I don't know who the rest of the participants are. I'm excited for Pete Alonso and, you know, Ronald Acuna. Those guys are a lot of fun, right? But I wonder who else they're going to get because two or three hitters, that's not going to make up the entire home run derby and, and what we think of it. You need the rest of these guys to stack up against them. I don't believe Vladdy is going to participate again this year. I think he announced that he wasn't going to do it. So I'm waiting to see who else will participate here. But so far, it's a fun little roster. But Albert Pujols had me thinking, you need to create like a Legends home run derby or something like that. Because if they're going to have these two guys on the All-Star team, Miguel Caprera and Albert Pujols, you know, then why not just make a bit out of it? Why not just do something involving the Legends? Like, instead of a celebrity softball game, why don't we do like a celebrity, or excuse me, a Legends celebrity softball game or something like that? I know you got some baseball players already who are on that celebrity softball game, but other than that, I don't know. They need to do something. I'm just trying to create ideas here. But I'm excited. I'm excited to watch Pujols. Uh, oh, that'd be fun. Vlad Sr. versus Vlad Jr. Speaking of Vlad Jr. and Albert Pujols, takes you back. Vlad Sr., excuse me, takes you back. That was back to the 2007 home run derby here at Oracle Park. What was it at the time? Was it AT&T Park at the time? I think Vladdy and Pujols participated in that one. 
So did Matt Holliday and Maglio Ordonez and Justin Morneau. I actually had the opportunity to go to the uh, to go to the home run derby. Tickets are insane right now. The ticket prices. Darren Rovell had them. People are play- paying tens of thousands of do- of dollars just to get in there. But man, I, I think that. The Home Run Derby is an event, and when you saw Pujols and Vladdy and Maglio and uh, who else was in there? Alex Rios was there. Again, Matt Holiday when he was with the Rockies prior to his time joining the Yays, prior to him being one of the most hated players in Bay Area sports history. What a time. I'm telling you, they need something from the 415. So Haslam and Iggy will be... Will be legends competing in the NBA All Star Slam Dunk Contest. Not my whole thing. Four one five with the with the All Star Game in the NBA is uh, I want to see the worst free throw shooters in the league have a free throw contest. Add that to the skills competition. Add that to the three point contest, and add that to the dunk contest. Hell, I would rather watch that than watch whatever the dunk contest is. Uh, whatever product the dunk contest is putting out there right now. <laughs> you know, I, they need to do something to shake things up. Although I will say this, and I'm going to get to the uh, I'm going to get to the Garoppolo news, and I'm totally rambling here. But when it comes to the futures game, baseball's futures game does not get enough love. Like the All Star game is known to be one of the more competitive all-star games because it's really hard to go into a uh, to go into a baseball game and just not put forth some sort of effort like what are pitchers going to do i mean they might groove a pitch over the middle to Pujols and Cabrera that's probably going to happen but for the most part the pitchers show their stuff and they try to get these guys out because it's not as physical so it feels like the all-star game is a little more uh, entertaining but I do think that the Futures game, you know, we have the Rising Stars game in the NBA. And I believe the NHL has a similar type of game, too. But baseball's Futures game with the young stars that are coming up, I think that one doesn't get enough notoriety as far as the All-Star break and the All-Star week uh, for Major League Baseball. Kyle Harrison is going to be representing the Giants, along with David Villar, if I'm not mistaken. So that'll be fun. But the Home Run Derby, they need to do something else. They need to do something else. I'm telling you, a Legends Home Run Derby. I think that'd be a lot of fun because these guys can still crush it. Like Haslam and Nicky doing a dunk contest four one five. I mean, that'd be it. That'd be. I guess that'd be fun. But what dunks could they really do? At least, like at the basis of it all, these guys would just have to hit home runs, which they could still do. I mean, dunking is not that impressive uh, if you're just looking at a. Guy who's just going in for a dunk, although it's very impressive if guys of Haslam and Niggy's age can do it. But I'm just saying. A Legends home run derby. That's it. All right. From one, uh, I'm not going to call him a legend, but from talking about a bunch of legends and all-stars to a guy who you were hoping to be a legend and an all-star for the 49ers, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. There, of course, has been news that has surfaced about where he'll go, which teams are looking at him. And there was one team that nobody really had on the radar because you don't trade within the division. But Jeremy Fowler of ESPN, who covers the NFL, 
He was asked about a variety of topics on his Sports Center hit, but he was also asked about Jimmy Garoppolo and what's next for him and what he's hearing around the league. Well, Hannah, a few executives I spoke to believe the 49ers are a bit stuck here because they need Garoppolo to pass a physical coming off the shoulder surgery. They need to renegotiate his contract with that new team on that $24 million salary. And the pool of suitors right now seems to be pretty small. Now, a few things that are positive for San Fran. I'm told Garoppolo's recovery has remained on schedule. He should start throwing now, or if he hasn't already, he'll do a ramp-up phase till he can eventually pass that physical. And you have Seattle that's still out there. They were sort of implicated in the Baker-Mayfield situation, didn't make that move. I'm told that internally they have discussed the possibility of Garoppolo playing for them. They've done their film work to see how he would fit tricky certainly to do a trade inside the NFC West, but the 49ers and Seattle know they can maybe sort of wait this out because the 49ers have limited cap space right now, I think around $5 million. They want to re-sign Nick Bosa and Debo Samuel. To do that, they need some of Garoppolo's $24 million in base salary. Seattle probably knows that, which means maybe they won't try to make a trade. They'll just wait for 49ers to release him. Oh, boy. So my question is to you at the Comcast Business Text Line, and also if you want to call in at 888-957-9570, but if you're a 49er fan, would you want to see them trade Jimmy to the Seahawks? Would you be okay with playing him twice a week? Is that just a hell yeah? Of course. No doubt. Please put him on the Seahawks. Trade him to the Seahawks so that this team could play him twice a week. Like, is that where you're at at triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero? Or are you saying, no, I don't want Jimmy Garoppolo traded within the division, even though he may not be the best quarterback. He still has an idea of what the 49ers want to do. And if you bring him to the Seahawks, well, that's twice a week that you are facing a team that has a former player and a former quarterback who understands the tendencies of that team. And who I think, even though Garoppolo's been a fantastic teammate and all these different things, loves the 49ers, loves the players on that team, I think he'd want to go out there and really want to stick it to him if they ended up releasing him and the Seahawks sign up. Like, the Seahawks, like, it's just like Jeremy Fowler mentioned. It'd be uh, interesting to see what the Seahawks want to do because there are two options here as far as I see it. Number one is. You could trade him to the Seahawks or the Browns. Now, the way that you would do it with the Seahawks is you'd have to eat up some of that salary. They only have $15 million in cap space compared to the 49ers, who currently have four. But of that $24 million, they need to come to some sort of agreement. Now, I believe the Browns are only paying Baker Mayfield $10 million, so if you're looking for precedent there, I don't know if less than half would be the number that they'd go for. Like, hey, Browns are paying Baker Mayfield's $10 million. Well, you know what? We could pay you ten. We could pay Garoppolo's $10 million. Then the Seahawks, you could take on the rest of that 14 and still fit it under the salary cap. Or they could just release him, and that's it. And you don't have to worry about it. Like, those are the two options right now. It's the Seahawks or the Browns in a trade, or you release him. Now, the Browns, they still have all the means to just take on Garoppolo's contract. Really, the best case scenario I'm seeing for the 49ers right now is they trade him away, and they get rid 
of that $24 million contract, and they at least get a little something in return, and that's from the Cleveland Browns. You'd have to wait for the verdict to come down on Deshaun Watson. That's really slowed down, by the way. Pro Football Talks, Mike Florio, he had he he had this report that said, you know, things are slowing down now with Deshaun Watson. Originally, when the hearing started last week, it was, oh, he's going to get suspended indefinitely. The NFL is hoping to suspend him for at least a year. And he had a couple of those hearings that week, and now things have really slowed down when it comes to Deshaun Watson. So I don't know what's going to happen with the Browns. I don't know if the 49ers just want to sit there and wait you know, and just wait for a possibility that Deshaun Watson is going to get suspended. Because in that case, all right, here you go. Here you go. Jersey person, you are going to have the toughest job that you have so far on your team. Garoppolo is a tough name to fit on the back of the jersey, but good luck. I know you can do it. <laughs> jersey jersey person for the, for, for the Browns. Like that's what the that's what the that's what the Niners should do. Actually, you know what I'm I'm thinking about it now as I'm talking. You know, sometimes you're just thinking of sentences as you're going along the way here, and you think of things as you're talking about it. We will throw in, you know what? We'll throw in five million dollars to help pay for that contract. You only have to pay him twenty million. All right. 19 if you want to be exact and then also we'll take care of the jersey we'll have our person in the 49ers stitch up Garoppolo's name because our person's a pro at that been doing it for the last five years (laughs) maybe they should do that I don't know I don't know how these football teams operate I'm just a radio host damn it wow a lot at the Comcast Business Text Line. You get fired up, man. From the 650, hell yeah, I wish it was twice a week. Zucci Main, twice a season, not a week, my guy. Do I keep saying twice a week? Jesus. My bad. Twice a season. Excuse me. Yesterday I called Farhan the president of basketball operations for the Giants. It happens this early in the morning. And when the Giants keep you up late, you tend to misspeak. Yes, it is twice a season. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, nobody is that bad at Sports Talk Radio where they think, yeah, it's going to be twice a week. From the 510, hell yeah, I'd even take a seventh-round pick. We know his weaknesses, like baiting him to throw it over the middle by having the middle line bla- the middle linebacker slack a little. From the 415, Garbaggio won't do nothing. And from the 415, as a diehard fan, Niners fan, please trade this dude to the Hawks. Garbaggio sucks. Then from the 650, Jimmy won't make us regret letting him go. It's a fact. We'd give him away to the Hawks just to get him off the books. Yeah, if you can get a draft pick in compensation for him, if you manage to get anything at all in a trade, you're going to do it. And if the Seahawks say, hey, can you shave off a little bit of his salary? Can you pay a little bit of his salary? Whatever you have remaining in your cap, and then then we'll pay the rest. Yeah, that could be a deal that works out. Uh, But personally... I don't think the 49ers would be scared of facing him twice a season. (laughs) Twice a week. My goodness, I can't believe that I said that. Uh, But I don't think they would be. I don't think they would be. And you know why I wouldn't be if if I was a 49er fan and I wouldn't be scared of facing him twice a season? Because that offensive line is not good for the Seahawks. Still. Still not good. Like, he would get crushed. The offensive line for the 49ers, at least they got Trent Williams as the anchor on his blind side. But the Seahawks, they're just not a good roster this year. 
They're just not. So putting Jimmy on that team for the first time in his career, I mean, not really. Not I'm not going to say for the first time because for the first season um, with the 49ers, that wasn't the best roster that uh, they'd thrown out there. So I'll give him that for a season. But not being with the Patriots or the 49ers, if he goes to the Seahawks, that would be the first poor roster that he goes to. And you know what? With all these reports, too, from Fowler, the only statement that he truly made about it is that the Seahawks have watched the tape and they've done their due diligence. Like, that's just it. There's no report saying, oh yeah, he's going to the Seahawks and the Seahawks are looking to trade for him. The Seahawks have told me, Pete Carroll has texted my phone and told me, yeah, we want to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. None of that happened. It's just, yeah, they watched film and they did their due diligence. That's it. And you know what happens when guys watched film on Jimmy Garoppolo for for an offseason? Well, they end up picking him over Tom Brady. Oh, that's just the 49ers brass with that one book that came out last year uh, when it was talking about the Patriots. You guys remember that? (laughs) The 49ers uh, were doing their due diligence in in the film room, studying Tom Brady and Jimmy Garoppolo, and they rather uh, would go with Jimmy Garoppolo. But that was a couple of seasons ago. It's a new season now. We don't know how they even think. We don't know what the Seahawks think of Jimmy G and what they've made of the tape, how they've evaluated him, whether he fits in their system. They haven't come to any conclusion with that. This is just a minor report as we are in the middle of July, and these reports tend to get people going. All right. From the 650, Stephen A. would say twice a week. (laughs) Somehow he'd say twice a week the entire show and then back it up. I don't blame that guy. He has to do everything for ESPN nowadays. I'd get something wrong, too, if I was him. From the 650, trading Jimmy in the division would just be a bonus, in my opinion. So a lot of your texts coming in saying you would not be scared You would not be afraid of trading Jimmy G to the Seahawks. That's interesting, man. That's interesting. That's interesting. We'll carry that over throughout this offseason heading into training camp. I'm going to use this show. I am going to use this show as the barometer for that. Think of this as the start of the Jimmy G official trade talks. And we'll continue this and carry it over into the future shows throughout this offseason. All right. That's going to do it for me. Bonte Hill, Joe the Butcher Wachowski, they're coming up next. You got me and producer Sam Lubman behind the glass up until 9 o'clock. And as always, go sports. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. 
Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.